RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Tuesday morning, Tech Tuesday here at Reality Check Radio. Stephen Sykes with me again, the king of EVs. I don't know about repu- that. You're getting a <laughs> reputation. <laughs> no, um, uh, probably the uh, single most uh, uh, subject, what am I trying to say? We've got the most feedback from EVs, put it that way, of, of any single subject. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And, so you've and, got you've got a hit there. You you you're on the hit parade. Yeah. And and looking at the feedback I, um that we did get, most of it I had already covered anyway, um, with the things that I discussed, but there was a, a lady um who messaged in asking about her Toyota hybrid Prius and she had to get a new um she calls it a new small battery, which would have been the 12 volt battery. Um, and it was 800 bucks plus another 100 bucks to install it, and the car's only three years old should the battery have lasted longer. Well, the reason it costs so much um, is the earlier um, Prius says they put the 12-volt battery in the back of the car, so if yours is one of those, then they probably charged you 100 bucks to take apart all the panelling work to get to it. Later generation cars, they put it in the front, but the reason the battery probably costs so much is that it's most likely um, uh, it could be an AGM battery. Um, it's a, um, a, a what's the AGM stand for? So it's a glass mat style battery. Um, I have an Optima Yellow Top Deep Cycle battery in my car in, in kit. Um, that's because it it's a deep cycle battery and it has a high quantity of cold cranking amps. Um, so the Prius would have been using. Um, a premium battery and it needed to be a certain size so that's probably why it, it costs so much um as opposed to popping down to repco and getting something off the shelf and sh- shoving it in by yourself oh can but, you buy these things from repco now or places well, like that well no i'm saying that um the prius battery um right. the 12 volt battery is probably a little bit more of a um a custom um item oh, rather oh, is that like the normal rather than generic yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. just the twelve volt battery because it, it, it it's used to run the vehicle's accessories. Yep. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, that explains that. And um, there was a, there was another one, if I remember rightly. Uh, yeah, I got some feedback from somebody uh, who I'd done some degoogled phones for. Um, yeah. From from Trevor, and he Trevor. says he says these phones are fast compared to any others I have had. Oh, more, wow. fi- more efficient operating system and no bloatware. Thanks so much, not to mention the enhanced security. Well, there's a, a satisfied customer right there. So, yeah, if you uh, want to de-Google phone, then um, get in touch if you would like me to de-Google one for you. It speeds up the applications, obviously. Well, your phone has less um, crap on it. Right. So less is more. Yeah. Bloat, I think, was the word that was used there. You don't have the bloat. You don't have the spyware. You don't have the Google stuff in it, and you can't de- you can't de- Google an Apple phone. Your you know your hands are tied there. Yeah. Uh, the, the best thing to do with one of those is to not have one. Can't you de-Appleify? Yeah, uh, you can with a hammer and a nail. Fixes it every time. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what Hillary Clinton did to her Blackberries. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, you got the you got the the, the mallet out. All right, so that clears that up. Now we're off EVs. We're on to surveillance cameras. I think um, what we're about to talk about is one of the most pernicious things in our society now, one of the, the biggest threats to our personal 
privacy and security. Would I be right? Perhaps 110%. I mean, for some decades, uh, George Orwell's dystopian 1984 novel warned us very clearly about the horrors of a world without privacy. And the often used metaphor, Big Brother is watching you, does do wonders in terms of warning us about the risk of of government, um, but it falls short on a few other accounts. Firstly, governments and councils typically don't think that this applies to them. After all, civil servants tend to think they work for a good cause. But moreover, the problem is not only government surveillance, but also surveillance capitalism, namely when there's an indiscriminate collection and abuse of personal data by companies for commercial purposes. And it's uh, the issue is not only the overt collection and use of personal data to suppress the population, but in fact, it's actually the, the real risk um, of a lack of privacy as a society in which everyone is being evaluated, predicted, nudged, and judged in ways that no one really fully understands yet. And it's, this happens using information that is um, surreptitiously collected without anybody noticing by organizations that you've never heard of. Well, um, it seems to me from what I know, and I haven't looked into it too deeply, and this is going to be useful to hear what you have to say, and that is that it's mainly at the um, at the bottom layer of this, in this country at least anyway, are local councils. They're the yeah. ones that put up the cameras everywhere. And I've yet to see any argument that they actually result in anything. Has it lowered crime? I don't know. Does it stop people running red lights? I don't know. I've seen no evidence. Have you? Well, actually, um, April 29th, 2022, the New Zealand Herald posted an article called The Streets Have Eyes, but does that make them safer? And oh, okay. And in that article, um, there was a gentleman um, who quoted was quoted as saying that there's virtually zero evaluation of CCTV from a prime convention perspective in New Zealand. Um, overseas research shows that CCTV only deters crime in very specific circumstances. So that is just shown to reduce crimes in car parks and only when cameras are combined with improved lighting and other measures such as security guards. Okay. Well, I'm not surprised to hear um, that uh, we don't know because, um, again, at a superficial level, you could probably quite easily argue that it it enhances crime detection, crime fighting, because people can sort of see the link. Okay. So, you know, the the criminal walks down the street and they they can be tracked and identified and you can chase the bad guy. But if it if it hardly makes any difference, then we're giving up an awful lot for virtually no gain. Pretty much. Like um, the same article um, cited that the cost of installing and running cameras in New Zealand um, over a five-year period from about 2017 to 2020 was $29.7 million. And in that same five-year period, um, cost $5.4 million to run. And they weren't even total figures because some places um, couldn't or wouldn't share what they've spent. Now, why and, wouldn't they share that? Don't know. Because they're embarrassed at how much they've been spending. Uh, local bodies in New Zealand are broke. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. I mean, Auckland's paying $2 million a day in debt. 
Dunedin City Council is paying $1 million a week. Mm. Uh, I'm talking about the interest on the debt here. Yes. So, so they've already profligate and um, irresponsible spenders. They don't want us to know how much they're spending on this crap. No. Because the, the same article also um, said that um, Radio New Zealand revealed that police had trialled facial recognition technology in 2020 without any clearance. I remember reading that news story on RNZ. Yeah, and the software, which is called Clearview, used images from social media sites like Facebook and things like that, and was also raised concerns about police photographing innocent youth and adding their photos to a database. Yeah. So they were basically setting up their own facial recognition. I bet you, I bet you they're still doing it. Oh, more than likely. How and, many of the people at the protests were, were photographed, guaranteed? And I, and I wonder how many, uh, how much um, you know, bias um, was part of that. You know, um, they may see that uh, people of certain ethnic backgrounds or different um, skin pigmentations and like, they, you know, someone doesn't look right. I mean, people get accused of having bitchy resting face, but people also have um, angry, yeah. angry resting face. He looks so angry. He looks angry. He must be up to no good. Let's take a photo for um, just in case that he one day, um, one day maybe we have no basis to actually apply this to commits a crime. Yeah. Well, you, also there's because the people who operate these systems here, I'm going to say it, they're not very bright. They're not the smartest people, the, the sharpest knives in the drawer, the whatever the expression is. So they can't be relied upon to be too discerning, yet they think they are. Mm. So they will suspend reasonable judgment and and get carried away with this stuff, which means that you could be easily targeted, actually, on a whim. Oh, he's very much so, and even uh, targeted – Incorrectly. Well, yeah, and well, that that would be the result. Usually, uh, you get carried away. That's why, if I was a politician, one of my top policies would be get rid of it all. I think um, I would agree because the human race will never be free while this is going on. The um, it is well researched that when people think they are being observed, they change their behavior and they hold back. I read a study um, a little while ago uh, whereby the researchers were, you know, testing this hypothesis. And the way they did it was, I'm trying to recall uh, what I read, they set up or they got kids to dress up in Hollywood costume, not Hollywood, Halloween costumes, right? So their face is obscured with a costume as well. And they're put in the room, and I think they're told to not eat candy or something, and there's a bowl of candy right there. And in front of them is a mirror. Now, even though they can't see their own face, they go to reach for the candy and steal it. But because they see their own reflection, they see their own movement, they observed that when the kids saw them, their own reflection, they held back. Right. They self-censored their behavior. They self-censored their behavior. And there's, um, in a, a very particular striking example of surveillance capabilities is uh, in the Dutch um, Stratton Cynid Living Lab. P- pardon my pronunciation. Um, pardon your Dutch. Dutch. Yeah. Pardon my Dutch, but uh, doing my best here. 
Um, yep. Stratton Senate is a street packed with bars and restaurants in Edenhoven, which is a major city in the south of the Netherlands. The street's mostly infamous for its nightlife and has it's quite densely packed on Friday and Saturday nights. The Living Lab um, captures video streams obtained from cameras and audio streams from microphones placed along the streets. Audio streams? Yep. And, and it combines this all together in real time with weather information, Twitter feeds, and occupancy rates of nearby parking garages. And it even um, aggregates information of cell phone data of visitors to the bars and the restaurants um, in the streets. So all of this data is combined, and it's used to measure the atmosphere in the street and to alert regional police if required. And it also influences the atmosphere by changing the light intensity and the colour of special LED armatures attached to existing light poles as a modern form of crowd control. And the, oh, whole, wow. point of, okay. the whole point of this is to nudge people into a more responsible behaviour. Yeah, but responsible by whose definition? By the higher-ups. Yeah, yeah, so uh, <laughs> the arbiters of responsibility on the planet. This is the thing. Yes. Um, they think they're, they're masters of the universe when they're not. No, it's all got to go. It's all got to go. See, when um, those people, if they're not being observed, you know, at, at, at first when signs go up saying that uh, the surveillance camera's going on and things like that, at first people get shocked by it and then it becomes normal. Um, it just becomes the the wallpaper, the furniture. Yeah, you um, forget about it. You forget about it, and then you go back to doing whatever you're doing. So um, because you're not actively thinking about it, that's when you stop being controlled by it because I you're not hear, conscious of it. I want to hear a political party now say it's their policy to completely remove all of this. I'm going to be whistling Dixie. I know that. Okay, so... You've looked at um, at uh, what layouts of of surveillance cameras, um, maybe not in the, across the entire country, but maybe in a specific area. So, is that kind of what we're going to talk about now? Uh, yeah, we've got some few other examples to to go through, but um, okay, well, let's go through them, but then and then you know, because well, what for, we want is useful information for oh, yes. our listeners in this country, so they can avoid these damn things. Actually. That's yep. That's that's what we're going for um, long term. So um, back in another example of scary dystopian um, stuff um, in May 2020, the city of Baltimore launched a very controversial wide area aerial surveillance experiment. So the the police, the police worked with the Ohio-based persistent surveillance systems to fly Cessna aircraft, not drones, over the city for four months, which cost US $4 million. And they were saying that there's no expectation of privacy on a public street or a sidewalk. So the way it works is there's a network of very sophisticated wide-angle cameras, which capture in each frame that the camera takes a third of the city. And the resolution is so good you're able to zoom in and distinguish people from each other. And Over what sort of distance? The whole city. Oh, you mean so someone three Ks away? Yeah. You can zoom up and, and see their features. Yeah. The Man, entire... that, that's a, that's awesome resolution. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
and it, it records at a frame rate of one per second so you get a slow slow motion video of everywhere that everyone in Baltimore but it's enough goes. it's enough yeah it's uh, it's enough and so this creates a virtual time machine that allows police to track anyone and wow. the idea the identification works by linking to the city's ground-based cameras. So you're getting an aerial, aerial view of people and, you know, you can see anything they might be carrying, that sort of thing. And then that gets linked up to the ground-based view of cameras um, and including license plate um, readers and private security cameras that are registered with the city. And you can track anyone really easily. It's it's the technological equivalent of having a police officer follow you every time you walk out the door. Well, when you put it like that, yeah, um, and and it's there forever. It is presumably so. Two years later, they can go back and have a look. Oh, actually, well, what's really really weird? Actually, where's not the word for it? Uh, it's beyond crazy and bonkers that um, there was a. Uh, not a study, but a survey done recently where nearly a third of Generation Z said they'd be quite fine with government-installed surveillance cameras in every house under the guise of reducing domestic violence and other illegal activities. You see, this is how it's all pitched. Hmm. And and this is the trouble when you've got a um, generation that is driven only or mainly by emotions. Yeah. It's so, so easy to pull their strings. It is. The question they were asked was, would you favour or oppose the government installing surveillance cameras in every household to reduce domestic violence, abuse and other illegal activity? And this was done by the Cato Institute. So on, of the responses, 29% of those aged 18 to 29 said yes. Crikey. Yep, yep, I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's correct. We see, like, you know, as you were alluding to, the way the question is... Yeah, uh, it's, it's emotionally pitched. Yes, in a way. It's, yeah, emotionally charged. Like, you know, when you say, hey, if we do this, then yes, we can reduce violence and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, the conversation is not had like, well, how does this get abused and used against me? Well, it also presupposes that the government is nonviolent. That's not true. It does. You're right. Um, they're not the benevolent sort of force at all. We saw that on the lawns of Parliament, the thugs. Mm-hmm. So just saying. Yep. And, and of course now, you know, it, it made uh, the news a few weeks ago that uh, Westfield malls, and it's not just Westfield malls for that matter, have those advertising displays whereby they have cameras in them which um, try to profile people in order to display a particular ad. And if you go through their policies, it's a little airy-fairy, but um, basically says that we collect and hold your data on cloud servers owned by third parties, but we can't guarantee its security. This is this is paraphrasing. Yep. Um, can't guarantee its security because of the nature of the internet. Um and we, and we or our third-party contractors will hand it over to an uh, authorised party um, at the drop of a hat. But if you feel like it, you can request access to the data we hold on you at any time by asking our privacy officer. Oh, they've got a privacy officer, have they? 
Apparently. Same person is the, what, equity officer as well, I suppose, and the diversity officer. Well, um, I'm I'm not going to suggest that if you're in any mall and you see one of these big screens, I'm not going to suggest that when you observe the camera top center in the screen that you smear it with Vaseline or stick on a bit of tape. I'm not going to tell you to do that. No, please don't do that. Okay, well, I'm just wondering, I'm curious that if if I looked at one of these screens, I don't go into shopping malls, so that's it's not going to happen. Um, I've got other interesting things in my life to, to do. But um, I'm wondering what it would flash in front of me. I suppose well, it depends on how, on how you identify on, on any given day. Well, if it was just me, I mean, I want to... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I had to think about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, who knows? You know, it could be Pauline one day. You could be, and um, but how would it know? It wouldn't have to be wearing a dress or shave. It, it, it would. It'd probably work work out on facial features because that's mostly of what it's got to go by. Yeah, but it, wait on. If if that's a good point, if it identifies a trans woman, that's a man who's a now a woman as a man because of facial features. That's an issue, isn't it? I would have thought so, because if somebody took exception to the kind of advertising or showing, that might upset someone. Well, that, that's like denying your gender, something like that. Yeah, or making 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 judgments, even though they're electronic. I'd have a go at them for that. Yeah, sue and then, them. And, and, money. Then, and then beyond that, it's like, well, I mean, sure, you've got these policies which say what they say, but. In my mind, having read policies and seen the practical outcome, there's usually a disconnect. There's words written down that say this, this is how we think, this is how we operate, but uh, we've seen over mandates where people have dropped their core values um, at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Um, and to me, policies are good intentions at best, but you've got no idea and i argued this on i think may the 9th when i did a deep dive into privacy you have no idea how your data can be used and abused at any point in the future correct so unfortunately for westfield maybe the long term problem for them is people will be reluctant to give up their data and they won't come in the door of the mall it's not just Westfield, though. It's other okay, malls, all, period. Well, okay, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're talking yeah. about them, and they're a major player, so we can – but uh, another one who've who've talked about it. But in the end, the only way to stop, to to be secure in, in what you're saying, to address that point, is not ever go in the premises. I uh, have been into a new world not too far from me, and there's one of these screens all of a sudden one day, boom, just right by the door. And I thought, oh, okay. So I walked up to it and, um, oh, that's cool. It already had a black sticky dot covering the camera. Oh, so, so had someone done that or had they done that? I look, Looking at how it was applied, I'd say it was. It, it might have come out of the box with it still on. And, oh, and some genius hadn't figured out. <laughs> well, I, 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 think, camera, I, I think New World off. was simple. New World was simply displaying um, um, general advertising. Okay, but it had that capability, it seemed. 
it had the capability. It was, you know, there was just, you know, um, a black sticky dot obscuring it. And uh, I went and got a coffee from the CAF and um, they sort of know me there a little bit. So um, I mentioned it to them and they kind of like looked at me funny and I said, come have a look. So um, I pointed out to where the camera was at the top and they were quite fascinated, completely oblivious to the fact. No one had told them. No one had told them. And I said, you know, it's good that it's obscured for now. And who's to say that what other supermarkets around that have these and the long-term issue is that it won't be obvious that these kinds of screens will have cameras in them because they will get smaller. And instead of uh, having the camera, uh, you know, put up high and you can see it, obviously, cameras will get so small that they'll be about the size of a pixel. They'll be in the shelves. Well, they'll be in the shelves, perhaps, but they'll also just be in part of the screen, part of the oh you know, yeah, part, right, part yeah. of the part of the rest of the pixels. You'd never see it, and you wouldn't be able to see it. So at that point, anything that's a screen would be suspect unless proven otherwise. Gosh, I mean, getting off the grid becomes more and more attractive by the day. Well, I've always argued that technology is a good thing, but so long as it has the end user's best interests at heart, not a corporate um, advertising company or big tech, things like that. I mean, the it was reported um, earlier this month that the cops in France have been granted the authority to remotely activate a suspect's cell phone camera, yeah. microphone and GPS. Heard about that, yeah. Yeah, um, so it, it allows the geolocation of crime suspects, um, laptops, cars, and all that other stuff. Wow. Okay. Are we at the point now of talking about where these cameras are and how they're laid out and the sort of patterns that they they use? I think so. So um, If anyone's heard of um, OpenStreetMap before, it's basically crowdsourced mapping done by members of the public. So um, when I do Google phones for people, I, I put OpenStreetMap stuff uh, on it so you can look at maps that aren't uh, Google Maps. So um, I've written some documentation, which hopefully should be going on the RCR website at some point soonish after um, uh, you hear this. Good. And I've tried to do my best to document how anybody can go out and document the physical presence of any camera. Right. So you can, um, if there's uh, cameras that aren't catalogued, then you can add them. Um, a whole bunch of cameras already are, but there's quite a substantial of quantity of cameras that are not. You could go to a website, um, Surveillance Under Surveillance, and you can zoom into New Zealand. And in fact, when you go to that website, at first, um, it takes you to Berlin. Uh-huh. The, the amount of cameras there, it's it blows your mind. Just There's just thousands and thousands of You'd them. You'd think they would be the most reluctant, given their history. Yeah, but uh, you'd think that, but at the same time, we don't appear to have learned anything from history at all. No, the generations forget. They forget. They do, and I, and, and I think uh, this is the reminder this generation's having. Okay, so Berlin's bristling. Berlin's, them. yep, and 
so are other other places but um the idea with these instructions and i'm not saying they're perfect but they're a guide to help you start to um catalog these cameras everywhere a lot of the um, nzta cameras are already on the website surveillance under surveillance but i've done my best to try and document how you can go and do it by creating um, an account with open street maps and you can drop a camera icon there and then you you say where the camera is facing and when you see it all laid out on a map yep. you can just see how many there really really are does it help you then like um um create a so like a a route through them a a trajectory through them to avoid being seen or as much as possible as much as possible yes yeah, um you only do be, so much though right you can i mean pretty much um you know motorways and in and out of um cities are typically covered um but of course you know when when these if the 15 minute city principle uh, succeeds and we get more and more of these, then basically we're going to be like the uh, city of Baltimore. Yeah. Oh, so they're going to use that technology where you got the wide angle lens, ultra high definition going all the time. So you can look at everything no matter what and when. Yep. Yep. And, and there's also, you know, what, what um, I talked about what happened in the, in that in the netherlands in that particular yeah right they'll start controlling area. the mood of places yep control the mood of places you know um if they can't come up with rules you know everyone must be indoors at 10 o'clock then they change the street lighting to indicate that anyone caught oh uh, yeah digital prison and then you get inside you got cameras inside to stop you beating up on the on someone in the house yeah i mean that you were going to do that anyway no you're going to do that anyway no, but 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 I mean, uh, I think we are well past the thin end of the wedge. The wedge is getting thicker. My question to everyone is: At what point do you decide? No, had enough of this. This this ends now. Um, people, you know, have got a little bit upset about having uh, advertising displays in malls look at their faces and stuff like that but yeah people with iphones in the more modern ones they've got infrared cameras on them that are looking at their face the whole time with um, um infrared images because it's part of the using your face to unlock the phone right if you, if, yeah. if you want if you want to avoid that just you um wrap up some tin foil and put tape it across the camera because infrared doesn't go through tin foil very well <laughs> Just get it from your hat. <laughs> you, you just get a piece off your hat. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a story the other day. I don't have it in front of me, though. But it was something to do with uh, iris scans for digital IDs. Yes. And um, the report was that hundreds of thousands of people were lining up to get their irises scanned. So people can go and look at that story. But the, the reason I mention it is in response to the question you just asked, when do people say enough? It's a long way off, Stephen. People yeah. saying enough. Well, I I think it's um, and I and I've said this quite a lot in the last while that you know people are typically um, indifferent until it happens to them. So it, it seems like a good idea until all of a sudden one day it's not. Yeah, but that Generation X thing that you mentioned before, what well, was it? Nearly thirty percent are prepared to have 
cameras, cameras. in their homes. Yep. Um, you know, you can you can even pitch well well changing the mood of a street actually is a good thing because it lowers the aggression. There'll be less assaults. You can just hear the arguments. And if 30% of them are already buying it, having it in their own homes, let's say, though that it hasn't been put to the test, then they're not going to object to any of this. Well, people kind of already have this in a way. They have um, Google Home Assistant, and they have Siri, they have um, Amazon Alexa. So they, they have this in with microphones already. Yeah, but um, the, the thing about uh, lowering violence and stuff in the home, that uh, implies that some sort of coercive law enforcement is watching. Yeah, and, you know, people... Rather than just to... Amazon, but they could be passing on the data, who knows? Well, not only that, but uh, where did I read this? Um, I think it might have been people in the NSA, perhaps, who had um, people who had got uh, embarrassing sexual images of various people and they'd just pass them around um, amongst each other. So, you know, people do all kinds of non-legal things that are absolutely private um, in their own home, which are okay, but then you've got cameras in there watching and then, like, who's watching you? Well, that's right. And also I think um, someone told me the other day the figures on police accessing this particular individual's details through the police database. Mm. And it was in the hundreds. Yes. It and they were a reasonably high-profile person, and um, they had requested this data. And it seems every time they were mentioned at any point in the media or any or social media or the media, there was a flurry of access of their file, police file, by people inside the organization, only out of curiosity, because they can. Because they can, yeah. So you, you can't have much faith. If, if um, every time you were actively surveilled, so maybe by your phone or something else, you got a mild electric shock as a physical reminder. You'd be having shocks all the time. You'd be having shocks all the time. I know then, I would be. I'm sure they're looking at me. And and then and you and, now. Yeah, most likely. Because you're you're then. wearing a reality check um hoodie, that's why. That's true. Um, but that's fine. Um but if because you can't see it happening, because you can't see or perceive how you're being monitored, how that data is being used and analysed and given away or sold to other people, because you're unaware of it, then you are not fully present to the size or the magnitude of the problem. Yeah. You could consider doing um, an OIA request about yourself to whoever and say, give me all the data you've got about me and your eyes just might pop out of your head. Probably will. What about um, using that um, that software that you're talking about, that uh, application? Uh, and apply apps. Yeah, and applying it to New Zealand, what, what are you going to find? Well, like, like I say, um, a whole bunch of NZTA cameras um, are okay. already logged. Um, now, this but, is Wakat Kotahi, is it? Yeah. The so, transport agency, yeah. That's right. Um, but there's a lot of other, other cameras that... I'm thinking around the city. So if you wanted yep. to, okay, in your city from Christchurch, if you want to walk across town, and I don't know if it's possible to absolutely minimise 
the the um, capturing your image across town, but could you chart the course? Potentially, the yes. And, so and, I, yeah. The the example that I've used is a is a camera um, which is at an intersection, um, and you think the camera is actually pointing at the intersection, but having had a close look at it, it's not. It's actually pointing at the school gates that are across the other side of the road. Well, so the intersection is used because people expect to see something at an intersection for road safety, right? Yeah. This is just a um, it's a pedestrian crossing, but it's it's a lighted one. It's a controlled one. Okay. It's it's not just um a zebra crossing. It's it's got lights. So if yep. a person goes use it, they push a button. So I thought the camera was actually going to be looking at that crossing, but I've looked at it. I've stared. It's a dome camera. I've stared at it, zoomed into it, and I can see exactly where it's pointing. It's pointing at school gates. So why would it be pointing at the school gates? I mean, I guess you want security at the school, but why? Do you think? Uh, well, that's probably the only reason, and I can't tell if it's a camera that can, uh, you know, a PTZ camera, which is pan tilt zoom. Uh, it appears to be a fixed dome camera because I did sit and, and watch it for a while and I didn't observe the camera move um, contrary to a camera I have observed in I think it's uh, East Street Ashburton near the public toilets between the toilets and the, and the information centre there's a camera roughly the size of a pumpkin it's doing exactly that it's scanning back and forth up and down the street. Does that mean someone's operating it or is that like an automatic kind of I, control do you think it could be either i couldn't tell um i watched it for a while and it could be either ash burton but not only that there'll be cameras just like it in other places so that asks the question well who is looking at it how long they keeping the data for and do you really want to be filmed or observed going into the toilet not personally. No. Well, it, it sounds a bit grubby to me, actually. In fact, you don't know the morals of the people watching either. They could be getting off on this stuff. You'd never know. Exactly. Creaming. <laughs> yeah. There's a word. There's a word I've heard lately. Um, Themselves at, at the action. So yep. you just never know these things. Taking it all on trust just doesn't It just doesn't fly anymore, I've got to say. No, it, it, it has to be 110% transparent it can't be though that's the thing so it's got to go well if like i think i may have talked about this um also in the netherlands with um license plate readers for doing parking and somebody decided uh, in order to try and um fight against tax, tax invasion because they were using their cars outside of times when they're not supposed to be oh you know, that's going to break the discuss. economy isn't it well they went through databases of the car park buildings to see when certain vehicles were there. So if a vehicle that was owned by a business who hadn't declared the mileage that they were going to be using for the year were using it at a time and a place that they weren't supposed to be using it, then they could get them for tax fraud. So I don't buy the notion that it's not possible to build a system that gives you the convenience of an automatic um charging system when you go and use a car park building, you can absolutely 110% build it in such a way that privacy is preserved. 
you can do it. There is no technical reason that you can't. It's just that they don't. Yeah, but what what's the leakage on this stuff anyway? Again, what do you gain for what you lose? Um, mm. in, in fact, uh, where I live, um, there's a lot of uh, coupon or paid parking. You know, from the from the um, little machines you go punch in and and it and it gives you you put in the park number and it gives you your type. Mm. Now I can tell you that there are because I know the dynamics of the area. Hardly ever is there any parking enforcement on the ground. It relies totally on people's honesty. And 99% of people pay. So what you lose for invading the privacy of everyone is hardly anything. Not to mention how much it costs to install and run. Yeah, but that's ticket clipping. That's money laundering right there. So I can see how that is incentivized because you can create a whole bureaucracy around it and the technocrats make money. But in terms of what you lose for what you gain, I, I just don't think it ever stacks up. No, it, it's not worth it. I mean, all that all that money spent on the illusion of buying security when you don't actually buy security at all could easily be um, invested in people. Yeah, and so what if a few people drive their car outside hours? Really? Yeah. Big hairy deal. It's not going to sink the economy, is it? No, but some people are so uh what's the word? So strict about law enforcement. Yeah, but uh, those are the people who end up being the, you know, the running the camp. <laughs> so we don't want that either. Oh. I mean, maybe, you know, don't print money uh, uh during a pandemic would be a better way of 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 preserving the tax base, just saying. Mm. Anyway, okay, so theoretically you could chart a course and minimise your exposure on these cameras. That would be an interesting exercise. Can you disguise yourself? Can you you disguise yourself, do you think? Oh, absolutely. Um, You can can easily do that. But then they'll say, ah, there's someone who's disguising themselves. There's something going on there. Well, if everyone disguises themselves and everyone's equal. Well, okay. Try that one. I mean, this in my mind is about as equally significant as the therapeutic products bill um, having passed. Okay, so what's the equivalence there? Both of them are attacks on us personally, right? Yeah. So you can't take on our control. well-being. You can't take you can't take your own health and well-being into your own hands. It has to be dictated by a pharmaceutical company. You can't leave your house anymore without somebody watching what you're doing. I mean, you can give up the internet. You can give up having a phone. You can you can get rid of all of that. The moment you're in a city and you are moving around, you can be watched. Yeah, so there is no getting away unless you, have, you go and live in the bush. You have no freedom to move around. You have no freedom over your um, the autonomy of your own health. Oh, gosh. It's all going south, isn't it? <laughs> well, only if we do nothing. Yeah, but we, we're going to do nothing, Stephen. That's the thing. Well, we can't afford to do nothing. People have to know about this. They do. And that's why if you end up in a scenario where you're talking to council about um, 15-minute cities and the like. and you They won't listen. I'm sorry, well, but they're not going to listen. 
Well, they probably won't. Um, some of them will be ignorant to it, but if you can say, look, here's a layout of cameras as we have mapped so far. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Do you want do you want more of this? Oh, but the convenience. Um, I talked to one of um um our sort of citizen journalists who went to a 15-minute city um a meeting in Hamilton about two months ago. And it was the local business association, I think, that called the meeting and they wanted to find out more. And he said that he could tell very quickly that the councillors there had no idea about the issue of 15-minute cities. None at all. Nothing. Yep, that's right. This is what we're dealing with. Yeah, that's why it's up to us. Yeah, okay, no, true. All right, we've burned through a bit of time. Anything more to say about this um, this uh, this pressing issue of uh, the invasion of our privacy and security through uh, a pernicious network of surveillance cameras? Get out there and get mapping. <laughs> I suppose it's not justifiable justifiable to shut them down yourself. I cannot confirm or deny. I cannot. I'm not comment. encouraging anything, but <laughs> you know, some of the 15 minute city protesters in the UK have been doing that. Mm, yeah. So, okay, not suggesting people take anything into their own hands, but. The other thing is people need to be careful not to push people too far as well. Yeah, because when they snap, all kinds of fun- funky things happen. When they let go. Mm. All right. I I'll, I might just give it a go going into a mall and, and see what is suggested from reading my face, what is suggested or advertised to me. Be curious. That would be interesting. Yeah, women's lingerie. <laughs> Wait on, something's wrong here. Something's not right. Gotta tell the no, privacy guy. It it might be along the lines of uh you know, if you've cert- watched certain things on YouTube and it's like because you watched this, you might like this too. So yeah. that if you walk into the mall and it suggests woman's lingerie, it might be because you've been somewhere else that you go, watching, Oh, okay. Uh, you've been watching this. So because you like something else, we thought you might like this too. Well, mine would be aeroplanes because I, if I watch anything as sort of wallpaper or any background stuff on my uh, YouTube, it's usually comings and goings at um, because all the airports have live feeds now. You know that? Yes, they do. You see, I've got no problem with that sort of live camera. I like that. Mm, it's fascinating. But I wonder if I'm, you know, sort of shooting my own argument down. If the high resolution, you could zoom up to the window of the of the you know A three eighty and see who's sitting in the window seat. Potentially, yeah. It's like, what were you doing in Los Angeles the other day? <laughs> what Auckland. do you mean? <laughs> no, I was I was in Auckland. No, you weren't. <laughs> exactly. All right, that that's fascinating and a lot to think about there, and people need to be aware. So, just take us through that application one more time. How people can look at that and we can sign it off. So if you go to the RCI website, there's a contributors page, and you should see a mugshot of yours truly, and there should be a document that you can download and distribute to anyone you like. Um, it's my attempt at guiding you through how to catalogue on OpenStreetMaps and therefore the website surveillance under surveillance, how you can add cameras. 
if you wish to um, contribute to the document, I am um, more than happy to take contributions. You might even like to um, expand the instructions further so that if you want to um, document how you could do it from your phone, I've just taken an example on how to do it on your laptop or desktop computer. But if you want to contribute to that, then more than welcome to um, for you to make a contribution there. Open source. Yep, crowdsourcing, baby. Crowdsourcing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. All right, there goes another Tech Tuesday. Thank you, Stephen Sykes. That was a that was very interesting. Yeah. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.